0: Golden State Warriors basketball.
1: Stolen by Curry. Curry driving with wall back goes reverse with the left hand. It was sweet.
0: This is Warriors Roundtable with the voice of the Warriors, Tim Roy.
1: Thompson on the catch. Backs down, road to the right box. Turns the post up, drop step doubled. Rotates it over to Barnes. He'll go baseline. Slashes and dumps it down. Harrison Barnes flying high in the air with a two-hand slam. A little elevation sensation. And the rookie's got 10 points. Well, Golden State with a workmanlike, though not spectacular, victory last night over the Detroit Pistons. The Warriors get the win. Now have a chance to go 5-2 and two. On the homestand with a victory over Chicago uh, tomorrow night. Hi, everybody. I'm Tim Roy, and once again, we welcome you to take a seat around the round table. It's the Warriors' weekly round table at Golden State, now in the number six position in the Western Conference, hanging tough there. As last night, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Utah Jazz both lost, while the Houston Rockets won. So that leaves the Warriors with a record of 37 and 29. They're a game and a half ahead of Houston, who is at 35 and 30. So the Warriors still have a game up in the lost column. There, up three on the lost column, of the Lakers and the Utah Jazz. Warriors 37 and 29. Lakers 34 and 32. Jazz 33. And 32. So that's your standings right now. Golden State has a three-game lead on the Los Angeles Lakers and a -a three-and-a-half-game lead on the Utah Jazz. So that's where we are as we head to this final home game of the seven-game homestand tomorrow night. Now, coming up on tonight's show... We're going to find out about the newest Golden State Warrior, that's Malcolm Thomas, who's in on a 10-day contract. But you want to hang around for this conversation because he's going to tell us about how he handled the sirens going off while playing professional basketball in Israel and why he thinks the D-League is a good place to be if you want to make it in the NBA. Later on in the hour, we'll talk with Jeff Van Gundy of ABC and ESPN, the former head coach in the National Basketball Association, and we'll talk about non-calls, why they should come back in the NBA and why he thinks Klay Thompson is going to be a good defender. And what about the defending champion, Miami Heat? They have not lost in over five weeks. They're 49-14. and They have won 20 20- in a row, and go for win number 21 tomorrow night in Milwaukee. Eric Reed will come by, the TV voice of the Miami Heat, to tell us why Miami has elevated their play in recent times. Plus, I'll answer your questions on Warriors Vox, Warriors Vox on Twitter, and we'll tell you how the Golden State Warriors continue in their efforts to make the Bay Area a better place to live. It's all this hour on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Malcolm Thomas will come by when we continue on KMBr 680. The sports leader. Lee in the bounce cuts off. and takes the hand off baseline to the rack, jammed and was
0: fouled. We now continue with more
1: of Warriors Roundtable. Tim Roy, the Warriors Radio Roundtable continues. Welcome back. And our guest is Malcolm Thomas, who's making his first appearance on the roundtable, signed by the Warriors to a 10-day contract. And it's your second go-round in the league. You had a brief experience with San Antonio before. So let's talk about this process. First of all, uh, tell me uh, how it all unfolded for you, and when did you have an idea that the Warriors were interested in your services? Uh well I came back from Israel, playing in
2: Israel. And um you know I went to San Diego and visited my family and friends for for a few weeks and then went straight to the D League with the LA Defenders. Had one game and then uh my agent told me that I might be going to coming up here
1: with the Warriors and and you know I'm here and I'm, I feel blessed. So tell tell me about first of all going back to the signing. Uh, you, you come in. What did they tell you in terms of Bob Myers, Mark Jackson, and what kind of things are they looking to see from you over this 10-day contract?
2: Well, they told me that Mark Jackson was a player's coach. And, um, you know, I, I know about his, his playing career. You know, I didn't really know much about his coaching. But, you know, I, I had a feeling that he was a great coach. And I feel like I can bring a lot of a lot of energy to this team and, and my defense because I'm a
1: defensive-minded player. And you know, I'm I'm willing to do whatever they ask me to. Before we move on from the subject of Mark Jackson, I understand that you've actually played in some pickup games against him.
2: Yeah, well when I was a freshman at Pepperdine, uh him and Reggie Miller would come up and play with us. You know, it wasn't wasn't much competition, they would
1: they would kill us, but we would try our best. Uh, he didn't. Uh, he didn't like you know, knock down a shot and jog back and say hand down, man down uh, that or. Oh, always. That's
2: just one thing I remember. I till this day I remember him saying that, and I kind of took it from him and been using it since.
1: Have you reminded him of that?
2: No, I, I didn't think he remembered. So you know, I didn't want to bring it up and act like I was a fan. You know, so <laughs> I just
1: kind of <laughs> let it slide by. That's got to be a little weird though for you. You know, to have him be your head coach and you you know, played pickup against him.
2: Not not so much weird, but it's kind of cool, you know. For for me, I'm gonna remember it for the rest of my life. So you know, I'm gonna just hold on to
1: that memory. What has impressed you uh, so far? And I know it's been brief, but what has impressed you so far about your experience uh, with the Warriors?
2: Um, the team is just so close. It, you know, it's it's really like a family, and you know, it's like in college, you look for a college, you know, that's real close and where you can get better. And I feel like the Warriors is is that type of place
1: everybody's close and everybody's willing to get better and and if you were to look at 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 your game and and tell people about how you play uh how would you describe yourself as a player um
2: high energy emotional you know gritty
1: (laughs) just willing to do do anything to help the team win You mentioned you played for the L.A. Defenders, but before that you were playing in Israel. Uh, Obviously, that that has to be a a unique experience. I think playing overseas can be a a great experience for a player in in a lot of ways. But what was your experience like playing there? And I I guess uh, the first thing is, tell me about the the, the quality of the league. You played for Maccabi Tel Aviv, which has produced a number of players who have played in the NBA. But tell me about the quality of the league and then a little bit about the lifestyle.
2: Oh, um, Israel's great. Um, Everybody I ran across, I suggest that they go visit Israel sometime in their life. But um, the basketball part is great. You know, it's a lot of tough teams, especially in the Euro League. There's a lot of, you know, players that will probably play in the NBA in the future. And there's players that have played in the NBA. And it's, you know, it's real tough. You got to be mentally tough. And, you know, I'm very appreciative for the experience.
1: Now, it is in the Middle East and Israel has some enemies over there. Did that ever come into play in your experience? Oh
2: man, yeah. Um, you know, there was a a span where you know there was just bombs going off uh where I was. And you know, we have they have a drone in in Tel Aviv where if a missile sent, it intercepts it with another missile. And so, you know, you hear the siren for the bomb. And then you just wait, and then all of a sudden it's a huge boom. And, you know, it, it, it kind of worries you, but none of them, you know, damaged anything. So it was pretty safe.
1: You say you started at Pepperdine. Why Pepperdine, and how did you end up at San Diego State?
2: Uh, my high school teammate, Tyrone Shelley, um, you know, he was a highly recruited player in high school, and he was trying to figure out what school to go to. He had a lot of options. And me, I, I didn't have as many. But um, him, me, and another one of my high school teammates just decided to you know go to college together, and so we decided to go to Pepperdine,
1: and 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 then you ended up at San Diego State. How?
2: Uh, after I transferred from Pepperdine, you know our, our coach quit, and at Pepperdine, and so I decided to transfer, and uh, I went. I didn't want to sit out, so I went to San Diego City College after Pepperdine, and then went to San Diego State. And you know, I'm glad I
1: made that decision. Well, it worked out very well for you, of course. In the 2010-2011 season, you guys go 34 and three. You end up getting all the way to the uh, regional semifinal, where you lose to UConn. Kawhi Leonard of the Spurs is a teammate. Uh, First of all, did you know how good was Kawhi to play alongside? Oh, it was great, man. You know, even though he
2: was he was younger than me. He he, kind of, you know, made the team work a little bit harder. Everybody came in and was ready to play, but you know, Kawhi had that mentality that you know I'm trying to I'm trying to win and I'm trying to take us places. And everybody, you know, piggybacked off him, and you know, it worked out
1: for the best. Malcolm Thomas, our guest here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, talking about his college experience and and uh, playing for San Diego State. You played for for Steve Fisher. Here's a guy that, you know, he took Michigan in an improbable circumstance. And I, I covered that final four in 89 up in Seattle. And, uh, you know, here he was. He just t- took that team all the way, and they win the NCAA championship. So you know he's, he knows how to, to, uh, to get a team ready for the tournament. But go back to that, that year. You played there two years, and you got to the tournament both times. But to go back to the, the, the years there and, and, and Steve Fisher as your coach, what did you pick up from him? That has helped your game. Um, he basically taught me how to how to play the game
2: the right way. When I when I got there, I was used to you know coasting up the court, and you know kind of just plant, just really just playing along. And you know he told me that's not going to work at that level. And he taught me that I have to work harder than the next man, work harder than my opponent, and and that's what I've been trying to do,
1: and that's what I'm going to continue to try to do the rest of my career selection sunday is this weekend for the ncaa tournament and granted i don't get to watch a lot of college hoop because of you know our schedule in the nba but does your mind uh drift back at all a little bit about the, this time of year absolutely uh I, I really miss college
2: you know i only got two years at san diego state i wish i could have got four but um yeah I, I see the commercial all the time for march madness i try to follow san diego state as much as possible and I saw they beat Boise State, go Aztecs. and <laughs>
1: <laughs> So,
2: you know, I, I'm always going to support the Aztecs. And, you know, I, I really reminisce all the time about
1: my time there. It had to be fun for you because that's what, a hometown team, right? Yeah, been in San Diego went to Crawford High let's, let's get back a little bit to your, your NBA experience right now and of course we're talking with Malcolm Thomas he's on a 10 day contract with the Golden State Warriors Warriors taking out the Chicago Bulls tomorrow night and that promises to be a tough game because you know Chicago got it handed to them pretty well uh, by Sacramento uh, last night uh, you played in college you played in front of some, some great atmospheres what is playing in Oakland at Oracle uh, what can you compare that to?
2: Um, you know, it's they have a great crowd here. It's it's just amazing. I, I've never I watched a game here a couple years ago, but you know, it wasn't the same feel and and now it's just amazing and you know, like I said, the team's amazing. Everything just works out, everything
1: fits. You talked about Steve Fisher and how he taught you how not to coast and and take maybe a playoff here and there. Your first NBA experience was with San Antonio. The Spurs have a reputation of being a tremendously professional franchise. Uh, what was that like, and uh, anything that you remember from Greg Popovich?
2: Oh, that was that was real great. You know, they, they really taught me how to be a real professional. And everything they do is, like, on point and, you know, timed, scheduled. And I learned a lot from Pop- Coach Popovich, you know. He's real he's real laid back but when it, when it's time to to work he's you know he's there and he's going to get you there and I I appreciate this verse.
1: Any uh, Tim Duncan stories for us? No, no Tim Duncan <laughs> stories.
2: <laughs> no, I really just, you know, was sitting back and and watching his work ethic and trying to learn from that, but no stories.
1: The D-League has also been part of your career. I mean, you played obviously this year with the LA Defenders for one game, but you also played for uh Rio Grande Valley and you had a number of games with them. What's the D League like for you? And and uh and, and tell me, you know, it, it, the D League experience. A little bit different down there, obviously, than people understand. The Warriors have a team now in Santa Cruz, but give me your your, your D League experience and and uh, maybe a day in the life, if you will. Well, a lot of
2: people, you know, look at the D League as as a negative thing. Look people looking from the outside in but the d-league is i think it's a great place for for players to get noticed for players to develop you know it's it's not a bad league there's players that went from the nba that are playing in the d-league right now and uh when i was with the defenders last year i had a lot of guys that were in the nba a lot of veteran guys that i learned from so i the d-league is is a great place to me and I'm i'm glad that they have it and santa cruz I had the best time in my day at Santa Cruz. The fans, the coach, the players, everything about Santa Cruz was amazing. So I appreciate the D-League. Like I appreciate the NBA.
1: And, of course, the best thing about your trip down to Santa Cruz is not only that you get the chance to get a run in, get some play in, but also come right back and, and, and hang out with, with the Golden State Warriors. Malcolm Thomas is our, our guest. And If you were playing basketball, what do you think you would be doing right now?
2: Oh, man, tough question. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure. You know, I, for one, I know I'd be a full-time father. You know, I have a three-year-old daughter back home, so I, I would for sure be that. But uh, I don't know. I like architecture, so i would probably try to do something in that area.
1: Well, obviously, the uh, the Bay Area has a lot of very interesting architecture. If you get a chance to, to drive around a little bit, both modern and, and going back a uh, number of years— the, you mentioned your daughter. Does she understand the, the, that that uh, Daddy is a professional basketball player? <laughs> she
2: understands I'm a basketball player. I don't think she knows the professional part. But she, you know, whenever she watches me play basketball, she just goes, defense, defense. <laughs> so she knows that Daddy likes defense.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. That's it, awesome. Got, got her started on the right foot, you know. You know, but but yeah, wait. yeah, you know, I gotta tell you, as as a father myself, they, and you know, if she gets to be teenager. She's gonna talk about minutes and shots. You know, I mean, this is <laughs> 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 they, they, something happens when they become teenagers. I don't know what the deal is, yeah. uh, but that's that's got to be a lot of fun to share that with her. Yeah, it's amazing.
2: I, I'm glad I get to share experience. She came to Israel for a little bit and Korea when I was
1: there, so she's she's experienced a few a few places I've been. Boy, you you picked the the stuff right on the the firing lines, Israel, Korea, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I just seem to go to dangerous places. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what was the, what was Korea like?
2: Oh, it was a good experience. Also, um, I was lucky enough to have my daughter there with me the whole time, and uh, the basketball was tough. You know, it's it's two a days, and then it was one American on on the team that time. So you play forty minutes, and you know it was, it was tough. That was that was really. You know, a test of <laughs> a test of uh, I, don't, I don't even know how to say it. I, it was just tough for me. I didn't know how to handle it as being a rookie in another country. But you know, I got through it. Luckily,
1: a lot of players tell me, Malcolm, when they play overseas, especially if they're playing in in uh, in Asia or, or other places, that one of the things they find difficult is to to maintain their diet because the food is so different, and sometimes they can't handle it as well. Was that was that ever a problem? oh
2: definitely i'm such a picky eater that i i barely eat anything as it is in america so over there i barely ate anything and i'm already a thin guy so i just got even thinner
1: <laughs> yeah that that that's uh, that that to me was is always interesting that that the uh, that people don't even factor that in that that could be a, a real problem for people to find some some place they can go and and uh and have some confidence with the food that they're getting because, you know, it's a different culture. It's a different way of life. It's not not worse or better, but I think it's harder uh, for people when they get out of their comfort zone. Malcolm, I've enjoyed the conversation, and and I look forward to seeing you on the floor for the Warriors. I hope you're enjoying your your stay with Golden State, and and hopefully it works out to maybe another 10-day and then the rest of the year and then on to the postseason. I hope so, too. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Malcolm Thomas, and don't miss the final Bay Area appearance by Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, and the Los Angeles Lakers happens on Monday, March 25th. The first 7,500 fans will receive a Warriors golf putter cover courtesy of Cash Creek Casino Resort. Limited tickets are still available. Go to warriors.com or call 1-888-GSW-HOOP and press option number 1. Next up on the roundtable, the Golden State Warriors continue in their efforts to make the Bay Area a better place to live on CamBR 680, the sports leader. <laughs> Out. Out to Clay Thompson for three. Yes!
0: We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
1: At the Warriors Weekly Roundtable continues, I'm Tim Roy. In a collective effort to support youth. Working towards the goal of higher education, Bay Area professional sports franchises, including the Golden State Warriors, the Oakland Athletics, the Oakland Raiders, the San Francisco 49ers, the San Francisco Giants, the San Jose Earthquakes, and the San Jose Sharks have all teamed up for the 17th year of the Bay Area All-Star Scholarship Team. As part of this program, the first among its kind among professional sports organizations, seven high school seniors have been selected to each receive a $3,000 scholarship. Since the beginning, over $300,000 has been given to local student-athletes to be applied toward their college education. Each Bay Area sports franchise will recognize this year's seven scholarship team recipients in a ceremony this year. The 2013 Warriors recipient is Claire Williams of Amador Valley High School. Students were selected from high schools within 10 Bay Area counties, including Alameda, Contra Costa, San Francisco, Marin, Napa, San Mateo, Santa Clara, Santa Cruz, Solano, and Sonoma counties. In all, the Golden State Warriors, in partnership with the other professional sports franchises in the Bay Area, know that the key to a great future is a great education. That's just another way the Warriors are trying to make the Bay Area a better place to live. Every year the Warriors and all of the other Bay Area teams get together and they have a scholarship program, the Bay Area All-Star Scholarship team, and they choose a recipient um, and this year's recipient is Claire Williams..
3: Yeah! Yeah!
2: Congratulations, Claire. You have, have a personalized jersey. Oh, yeah. Jason. I know. Thank you. You're
3: yeah. welcome. Claire is a very hardworking student, very talented student, but also the main thing about Claire is she's the dedicated community service. Uh, she's done a, a lot of things. She did uh, a reading program at our local library. Uh, She uh, um, also was involved in foster children and doing a lot of things for foster children. I
2: was so surprised today that you guys came in and gave that to me. I knew I applied back in November, but um, it means a lot to be a representative of your team and that you guys chose me and are impressed by my work. And um, I'm honored to have this award, so thank you.
1: Over him, it's up and good. Harrison Barnes
0: can feel it right now. We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable.
1: Let's go to Twitter to answer some of your questions. You can follow me on Twitter at Warriors Box, Warriors V O X. And we have a couple of questions right at the top. We try to answer as many as we can. SF Giant 49er Dub wants to know Should we be concerned about Andrew Bogan? He looks gassed. And seems to be favoring his back last night toward the end of the game. I think Bogut's going to be playing in the shape, but here's what the head coach Mark Jackson has to say about Andrew Bogut. He's a big-time defender on the post, and he's a he's a rim protector,
4: in the basketball also. I think at the end of the day, uh, we're getting closer to to when he's going to be, you know, on the floor for longer stretches. We'll see how that plays out. We're certainly going to listen
2: to his body listen to the trainer and listen to the doctors, but uh, we're a better basketball team
4: with
1: with him on the floor. Last night, Andrew played a season-high 32 minutes, and I think we're going to see more and more of that as time goes on as he continues to get into better shape and gets more of a basketball wind to him. Lots of questions about big men tonight. Drywood wants to know, Warriors keep Bogan or try to pry cousins from Kings younger equals better? Um... No. Uh, let's move on to the uh, next question, and uh, that also involves Big Ben, but this time it involves Festus Azeli. Smeghead30 wants to know, why is Azealy ahead of Beadrinch in the rotation? Uh, too many open shots missed. Well, uh, obviously Festus struggling a little bit on converting on the offensive end, but there's no doubt that his energy level, his rebounding, his defense, his shot blocking has all been very, very good in the last couple of weeks. His energy level coming back to where it was at the start of the season. So I think Fest is doing a nice job out there, and I think that energy and that activity that he is bringing to the floor right now. So I don't think there's any any reason to switch things up. Beardritch is there, and it's great to have that insurance. And at some point... Uh, coming down the stretch here, and certainly in the postseason, Golden State will play all three of their fives in a game because of foul trouble, might be against Dwight Howard, might be against a, another team of the big five. They're going to have the option of having those guys out there and another body for Mark Jackson to work with. And here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable, time now to talk about the great winning streak of the 2012-2013 this season. I'm talking about the Miami Heat. They have won 20 in a row, only the fourth team in NBA history to do it inside of a season, and the fifth team to get 20 or more overall. Uh, we welcome in the TV voice of the Miami Heat, Eric Reid. And Eric, uh, this particular winning streak right now for the Heat, and winning the titles is what everyone wants to to get to and what it's all about, but th- this winning streak puts this year's Miami Heat team in some rare air.
4: Yeah, it really does, Tim. Uh, we started this winning streak on February 3rd uh, at Toronto, and here it is, you know, five and a half weeks later, and they're, they haven't lost yet, so... Uh, you you phrased it well. This team is a, its the, the best winning streak ever for a defending NBA champion, and I think that's a nice caveat to it. Miami certainly is is not taking their eyes off the prize uh, of trying to repeat as champions, but this is sort of like the flavor of the month for them, and, and I think it's really helping them at this point. And rather than being a burden, I, I think it's really a blessing because, you know, the Heat's nine and a half, ten games out in front in the East, and while they're competing with the Spurs and the Thunder for the league's best record it's easy to lose focus you know in the middle of march when you're you know thinking ahead to the playoffs but i think that's been the remarkable thing about this team their ability to focus in each night i think it's helping them now to, to stay focused and, and and to beat some of the you know these teams that are on their schedule right now so it's been an amazing run i think another intriguing part of it shane battier has become the only player in nba history to be a part of two 20-game streaks because he was with that Rockets team a few years ago that won 22 in a row. So uh, many interesting things going on, including the incredible play of LeBron James and the sort of reinvention and reemergence of Dwayne Wade.
1: You know, Eric, you brought up one very... Interesting fact that Miami's the only defending champion to have done this. And that's remarkable because, as you know, you get to see it night in, night out. When you're the, the defending champions or even a team like Miami the year before that had gone to the finals, you have a target on your back. Every team comes with their A game when they're playing the defending champs.
4: There's no doubt about that. You know, the Heat's trying to become the first defending champion to finish with the NBA's best record the following year since the 97, 98 Bulls of Michael Jordan. And that was the sixth year, uh, uh, their sixth championship in an eight year run. So, you know, that's the kind of company Miami wants to keep itself in. and, You know you're right. Uh, You know so now it's sort of a a double barrel thing. Everybody's trying to beat the defending champ. Now every team is trying to end this winning streak, and so far 20 straight games nobody's been able to do it. They've beaten good teams convincingly. They've they've squeaked by some of the lighter weight teams, but they're finding ways to win each night. You know a couple nights ago in, in Philadelphia, you know they they had a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter. All of a sudden they're down three with about four minutes left and you know, everybody remembers the offensive plays to win games and, and certainly at Philadelphia the other night Dwayne Wade had a heroic tip in, but there's so many little defensive plays that that have to happen to have a winning streak like that and you know, I think one of the biggest things that we watch for each night is Miami's disruptive defense when they can turn you over uh it's a, it's an easy way to you know fall victim to the heat they've averaged almost 21 points per game off turnovers in this 20 game winning streak and you know we've we've studied the other great win streaks in the league, and it's amazing how uh, dominating they've all been, not only in the in the consecutive wins, but for example, the Lakers 33 game win streak. I think they won by sixteen or seventeen points a game in this current 20 game run for the heat their their average margin of victory has been almost twelve points per game.
1: What has LeBron James done to even get better? I mean, he's playing at an unbelievable rate and is you know if there was any doubt about it before you know he's now definitely in the conversation uh, of being you know the best of all time.
4: But I think he should be Tim because like all the great ones before him he keeps adding and augmenting to his game. I I think with LeBron, you know, it- it's a complete game, as complete as any game that any player has probably ever owned in in nBA history, and he 's a complete guy because it 's not just the physical it 's the mental as well uh, you know he 's a physical specimen he uh, 's like a freight train rolling downhill at times he appears to be indestructible, but the mental capacity that he has um, you know not only to focus in and be ready to play each night, but also he 's a very smart guy and has a great basketball i q and Heat coach Eric Spolster put it very well the other night because LeBron had two recent low-scoring games in this winning streak, and Miami was still able to win. And he said one of LeBron's greatest gifts is his ability to read each game and understand exactly what he has to do to help his team win. And, Tim, the beautiful thing about LeBron – that's all he's concerned about. And I think that's the great thing about this Heat team. They they were sort of born in an unselfish way to have three stars come together on one team. And now three years later, they are playing very unselfish basketball. I think a trademark of this Heat team is the disruptive defense and, on the other end, very unselfish offense. That ball moves around. you got two of the greatest basket attackers in NBA history in LeBron and Dwayne. And... Uh, Matt Riley has surrounded them with great perimeter shooters, and those two scorers are willing and skilled passers, and and they love to set up their teammates.
1: Well, no doubt about that. They are a very unselfish team. Eric, as I let you go, as as a broadcaster, you have seen the the yin and the yang, the alpha and the omega. You were there when the heat started, and they had a a long losing streak, and and now you're watching this great team uh, ride the crest of the wave.
4: Yeah, i sort of goosebumps just hearing you say that. I mean, we were at a banquet recently, and, and we talked about, yeah, the way it started, the first 17 games of Heat history were all losses. And, and here we are 25 years later still doing the games. And, you know, to have experienced two NBA championships and, and three trips to the finals, and, and now the the magic of this season, Tim, you know as well as I, it, it's a gift. You know, all, there are 30 teams with, uh, you know, the different sets of broadcasters, and we have no control over the team we're with, uh, whether they're good or not. It's a great job regardless, but this has been a dream these last few years, and having been with the Heat the whole 25 years, we, we value every precious second of this season.
1: Well, best of luck with your broadcast uh, tomorrow night in Milwaukee as they go for 21 in a row, and thank you so much for once again uh, helping us out around the roundtable.
4: Tim, my pleasure. We go back a long way, and uh, we have great respect for everything you do with the Warriors, and always a pleasure to be on your show.
1: Always a pleasure to talk to one of the great broadcasters and great gentlemen in the NBA, and that is Eric Reed. Don't forget season ticket holders next Wednesday, the deadline to renew your 2013-2014 season tickets. The Renewals are going very well. In fact, the Warriors have sold 1,000 additional season tickets for next year. But you can renew tonight and be automatically entered for a chance to compete in the Encore shootout. It's a chance to win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Call 1-888-GSW-HOOP and press 1 to renew your season tickets tonight. No purchase is necessary to enter or to win. Another treat coming your way here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable. We heard from Eric Reed about the Miami Heat's a 20-game win streak. Next up, ABC and ESPN analyst and former NBA head coach and former Bay Area resident Jeff Van Gundy. He joins us here on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KMBR 680, the sports leader. Up and good, David Lee getting to wherever he wants to go on the floor and knocking everything down.
0: We now continue with more of Warriors
1: Roundtable. Hi, Tim Roy for Warriors Radio. Always a pleasure to welcome in former NBA head coach Jeff Van Gundy and current uh, analyst for ESPN and ABC. uh, Coach, welcome back to Northern California. I know you spend a good deal of time here, or at least some time here as a youth.
3: Yeah, it's great to be back. It's such a beautiful area. San Francisco today, nothing better.
1: (laughs) Tell me about this season for you. What do you you see? Let's start with the defending champions, and they're playing at such a high level right now with that winning streak, but LeBron is really starting to put himself into the conversation as, you know, one of the top two or three players of all time.
3: He is. I mean, if he he retired today, to me, there's no doubt he'd be a top ten player of all time, and he's still got at least half of his career left. I think his improvement as a jump shooter now makes him completely unguardable, and if you're going to beat... Miami in a playoff series, you're not going to do it by downsizing and playing quick with them. They're too good when they play four perimeter players. You're going to have to stay big and pound them in the paint.
1: When you talk about that, are there teams that you see around the league that can do that?
3: Well, I think in the East, I think if Derrick Rose can make an Adrian Peterson-like recovery, uh, I think Chicago has a front line that can hurt them rebounding-wise and protecting the rim. I think Indiana uh, can do the same. Both of those teams though, uh, compromise their depth uh, this past offseason. They're not as deep. So I think they'd still be a stretch to see them beating them in a series. And then out west, I think uh, any of the top three teams, Clippers, San Antonio, and Oklahoma City would have a shot. But I think right now you'd have to say the Heat is the favorite. We
1: just saw Indiana. We saw Chicago before. has to warm your heart to see the commitment those franchises have to the defensive side of the ball.
3: Yeah, and when you stay big like that, not just in the front court, but on the perimeter, you have a chance to be a good defensive team. The teams that play small, it's really hard in this league to play small and, and be a quality defensive team. I think the thing every team is striving for is balance, You know, where you can score the ball in a myriad of ways, and then defensively you have enough to protect the basket, keep teams off the free throw line, and, and have the ability to close to the three-point line.
1: I think that's what Mark Jackson's trying to do here, with the, the, the commitment for the Warriors, and, and there's no question. you know, When uh, Landry and Lee are the 4-5, or five, it's hard for the Warriors at times to protect the rim, but when you have Bogut or Azealy out there, you can do it.
3: Exactly, and, th- and that's why I'm amazed at the record the Warriors have. I-, I think they're one of the great stories because to trade a terrific player like Monte Ellis and get basically no production from the guy that you trade for in Bogut due to injury it's hard to believe they're sitting in the competitive Western Conference, you know, squarely in the playoff picture and should qualify now. And I think it's so important for Bogut to get back to being engaged in a factor because if he is, their ability to score differently, they can throw the ball into him in the post, and he's such a great passer that he can create some shots, you know, for the perimeter guys and as a rebounder, and as a shot blocker. So, Hopefully for them, he can get back to playing and playing well.
1: How long does it take to get a team to get committed to the defensive end?
3: Well, I think what you said is right. I I think the Warriors have a good level of commitment, but I just don't think they have the capabilities uh, with some of the lineups they're forced into playing. And I think they've made the right decisions as far as they're playing to win, so sometimes they're going to have to outscore you. Uh, They're not going to be able to stop you. Uh, I do like Klay uh, Thompson as a defender. I think he's uh, uh, underrated. Everyone talks just about shooting, but I I like his ability with his length, pretty good feet, seems pretty smart as a defender. Um, he's got a tall task ahead of him tonight, but I think they have to add more guys who are two-way players so that they complement you know, guys like Curry. Um,
1: yeah. No question, uh, Clay's on-ball defense this year has been outstanding at times, so it, Let's talk about a couple of things that are near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, The non-call. Can we get the non-call back into into the, uh, as far as block
3: charge and and, and plays like that? I agree. I think there was a play the other night uh, where the shot was released and it almost had gotten through and they gave Battier a charge, it was in a Memphis game, gave Battier a charge and he was well positioned, but the shot was already gone out of his hand. It's the same thing when a guy passes the ball. It used to be, and you know this in the NBA, the pass used to be thrown, and then there was contact. It was a no call. It was play on. To me, those are college calls, and, you know, it just – I don't know why in the NBA they now feel the need to instruct their officials to make those calls and slow down the games and take away – what are usually terrific plays.
1: We had a call the other night, and it benefited the Warriors. So the other team's bring the ball up the floor, and it was off the ball, charge with the ball barely across half court, guy cutting down the lane, and it was,
3: I, I couldn't believe it. Utter nonsense. Yeah. You know, I, to me, that isn't basketball skill if a guy's running down the court to jump in front of him. Yeah. You know, and I, I just think, unfortunately, too often now we're taking our officiating cues from the college game instead of the other way around. Um, I liked when the, the pro game, hey, let's say it's it. Now on the in the college game, it's much more physical on the perimeter in a college game than it is in the NBA game, which I'm fine with, but then we don't need to have all these block charge calls. I, I, I don't know if they have to move the, the restricted line out more that Don Nelson was a big proponent of, right. but far too many charges now versus teams going up to block shots.
1: and to Just staying in front of your guy and playing defense and getting him to slow down. As an NBA head coach, what what uh, what do you think are the keys to getting your team to buy into what you want them to do?
3: Well, I think most players know what it takes to win. I think the difficulty is getting them to sacrifice to do what it takes to win. So as a head coach, and Bill Walsh said this long ago, The great 49er coach, your job as a head coach is to get players to do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they want to achieve. So the players all want to win, have success, make money, but getting them to do all those things that it takes to get that goal, uh, that accomplishment, very difficult. So I think that's the number one thing. You know, when you start getting and accumulating good players, the idea of sacrifice getting your best players to both sacrifice on offense and set a tone defensively and with all the dirty work, to me, it's what has to happen before a team can make a jump. And that's what impresses me so much about the Warrior team this year, Tim, is that even though they're not a great defensive team, they're trying.
1: Right. And, of course, with the firepower they have, they have to be just good enough sometimes.
3: Absolutely. Listen, these are the two of the hardest – To guard teams in the NBA play in this game. I could watch this game every night. This could be a best of 82 for me because uh, both teams are so gifted, so skilled, and score so easily at times. It makes it look like the other team's not trying defensively, but that's not the case. I think you're going to see a highly competitive game, but I think it's going to be – you better be ready to put up 110 points if you're going to win it. No question. Do you miss Mark? I do. I I miss – I miss his humor, I miss his insight I I was so I I really benefited when I was an assistant coach with the Knicks way back when that the first team I got into the NBA with was Mark Jackson, Charles Oakley and Patrick Ewing and we're all similar ages Um, and they gave me respect before I, I even knew anything about NBA basketball and I'm so appreciative of all he's done for me
1: You're always uh, gracious with your time. We always really appreciate that. And keep doing the job you're doing because, uh, A, selfishly, I learn something when I, I watch you on TV, and I know our fans do too. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jeff Van Gundy as much as I did. It's always a pleasure. He's got a great basketball mind, and he is great for the NBA game. Don't forget the Warriors and Cash Creek Casino Resort are teaming up to give away 25 prizes in 25 days. Win one of our daily prizes, including a chance to sit in the owner's floor seats for a game. Now, tonight's prize is a complimentary Warriors basketball camp for two. Registration is free. Enter tonight at warriors.com slash 25 days. You must be 21 or older to enter. A look ahead of the schedule. A tough game tomorrow night with the Chicago Bulls in town and then the last long road trip of the season at Houston, New Orleans, and San Antonio coming your way next week as we continue on the Warriors Weekly Roundtable on KMBR 680, the sports leader. I don't believe it. I can't believe you We now continue with more of Warriors Roundtable. Well, the Golden State Warriors will try to go to 5-2 on the homestand tomorrow night. They take on the Chicago Bulls. 7 o'clock is the pregame show, and when you play Chicago, you have to deal with the activity of Joe Kim Noah.
4: On a post up against Pierce. Back it in. Back it in. Terminates his dribble. Circle left Joe Kim Noah. Noah against Collins. On a spin. In front gets it. Got it! A 16 footer Todd Gibson, playing on one leg. And Joe Kim-Noah with a triple double. Congratulations, Joe. And we got a foul on the floor
3: against the Bulls, Jimmy Butler. Joe Kim-Noah with a triple double.
1: It's an Authentic Fan Friday brought to you by Comcast Sportsnet. The first 19,000 fans receive a Steph Curry Collector Series cheer card. Plus, the first to 10,000 fans will also receive a Warriors defense t-shirt courtesy of our friends at Bug Zappers. Warriors and the Bulls, 7 o'clock the air temp tomorrow night here on KMBR 680. Then it's on the road. The last long road trip of the year starts a Sunday with the Warriors' nemesis. The Houston Rockets have beaten Golden State three straight times. Thanks to James Harden.
4: Harden at the logo on the move left drives the lane by Petillo Julian the rim, the, layup, and the foul another and one for James Harden, thirty-seven
1: points. Warriors at Rockets Sunday afternoon, three thirty the airtime on KMBR ten fifty on Sunday. Then it's back on six eighty on a Monday night when the Warriors take on the New Orleans Hornets. And did you know that Grievous Vasquez is averaging over nine assists a game?
4: Aminu into Vasquez right court left guarded by Mo Williams dribbles. Around an Anderson string on the rim. Layup at the rim. Good with 1.3 to go. Vasquez kept moving. And while everyone looks for him to kick it out, Vasquez kept, lays it in. The Hornets lead it
1: 88-86. Warriors and the Rockets, 445 the airtime on Monday night on KMBR 680. Then a special Tuesday night edition of the Warriors' weekly roundtable back on Tuesday night to preview the game in San Antonio and take a look at the Western Conference playoff race. That's Tuesday night right here on KMBR 680. I, Tim Roy, thanking all of our guests on the Tonight Show, thanking our producer, R.C. Davis, Dave Feldhaus at the controls, thanking Jeff Van Gundy, the former NBA head coach and current analyst with ESPN and ABC. My thanks to friend Eric Reid, the TV voice of the Miami Heat, and Malcolm Thomas, the newest Golden State Warrior, on his 10-day contract and hoping for more. I, Tim Roy, the Warriors take on the Chicago Bulls tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Thanks once again for taking a seat around the Golden State Warriors Weekly Roundtable. Coming up next, Ray Woodson taking your calls and comments at 808-KMBR. We say good night for the Golden State Warriors Weekly Roundtable, and we'll talk to you tomorrow night from Oracle Arena. Golden State Warriors basketball. It's a four on three. The Trailers Curry right side fires away. Three ball!
0: For tickets, go to Warriors.com or call 1 888 GSW Hoop.